Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette and today I'm chatting to Amy Perrin. She's the founder and CEO of Marmalade Trust a charity dedicated to recognising loneliness and helping people make new friends. We're going to be chatting about isolation and how to reach out. So I'm an NHS healthcare professional by background and after working for 15 years in the NHS, I saw a lot of loneliness with my patients. I was also doing some volunteering at the time and um, with the people that I was running a tea party group with, um, they were mentioning to me about how loneliness was having quite an impact on them, their health and their well-being and particularly around Christmas time. So actually just a couple of those people didn't have anywhere to go for Christmas. So I decided to just take out a few people uh, for Christmas Day, started getting phone calls saying, are you the lady that's taking people that would be on their own out for Christmas Day? So ended up by having 15 people. I didn't really think much more of it, to be honest, until I got all the letters afterwards. Um, when I came back from having my Christmas, um, all letters from all of them just saying what it had meant to them to feel included, to feel valued, to have somewhere to go. They felt like they had stories to tell. They felt like they were more connected. And that's where Marley Trust started. I decided there was a need for a loneliness charity. So that's why I started it. Um, so what exactly does the charity do? So we're a national loneliness charity. We're based out of Bristol and we do three main things, really. In the southwest, we find people mainly of an older age who are the most isolated. Um, so typically people who don't have family anymore, maybe because they're bereaved or because they didn't have children. And we invite them to Christmas Day events, of which we're having 40 little events this year. 
and then we have got a bit of a captive audience then so then we use a social prescribing model to help link these people in with local groups and activities so it's not about starting things ourselves it's actually just about trying to help people identify what's in their local area and and help them form their own projects and the other thing that we do is um, we run loneliness awareness week back in 2017 we were having a conversation about um, how much stigma there is around loneliness and just how people talk in a very sort of negative way. It's got a very sort of negative connotation. And we wanted to really um, start to build up a bit of awareness and, and consciousness around what is essentially a very normal human emotion. So we started Loneliness Awareness Week, which we now run every year in June. Hmm. And what kind of age group does it serve these days? Is it specifically older people or is it everyone? I think it's everyone now. We Our, our direct projects that we run here in the southwest are particularly uh, about finding those people who are really socially isolated and that we focus on older people for that. But our support and the resources that we offer, uh, particularly around Loneliness Awareness Week, is really for any age group. And certainly we know that Um, Generation Z and millennials have have found that they've experienced higher levels of reporting higher levels of loneliness now. Um, So it is something that will impact and affect us all at some point in our life. And I think it's really important that we we build a really open and honest conversation about it. Hmm. Obviously, the past year has been really challenging for everyone. Um, What have you been working on um, with the charity? Yeah, hugely challenging. I, I think I remember back like the rest of us sort of glued to the television watching Boris Johnson give his give his speech and thinking, oh goodness, we you know we're going into this lockdown. And the first thing we had to do as a team is we had over 200 people with no family and no one to support them who were suddenly shielding. So uh, we had to react very quickly to that. And we set up a COVID uh, companion scheme where we were phoning people, ensuring people had food. Um, had adequate medical supplies um, and that sort of that urgent response was was absolutely crucial at, at helping people just just survive really the the first the first few weeks um, and then since that we've realized that actually a lot of people that have been shielding for for a long time we've had to provide um, longer term sort of Um, companionship support that's involved helping people get back out into their communities again as much as we can and now looking at how we can can do that even more so as we move hopefully out of the pandemic and and more into normal usual activities in the winter. Um, What are some of the most common problems that people are facing now coming out of um, lockdown? I think one of the things that people mention the most to us is about how well, firstly how they feel that loneliness they've experienced loneliness for the first time maybe because they've been shielding or they've been away from from family um, maybe live in a different area so they haven't been able to see them um, just just felt that sort of detachment and that feeling of loneliness for the first time and there's also this feeling I think a bit of perhaps the media sort of perpetuate that this feeling that actually everybody has gone back to this new normal now. Everybody is back holidaying. Everybody is living life uh, to the full. Whereas actually we have a lot of contact from people who remain very fearful about actually re-socialising again. They feel quite anxious. They feel a bit nervous about um, what where 
whether the virus is, is still around, whether people are wearing masks, and also particularly for some people who are digitally excluded, like older generations, uh, people have said that they actually feel really nervous about the, the changes that there are in the environment. And actually, if you think, if you haven't been to a supermarket for 18 months, even going to a supermarket has changed hugely. Most places are just card now, so you can't use cash. Some of them have got traffic light systems, you know, wiping down trolleys, wearing masks. Everywhere is very different. And that can be quite unnerving and unsettling for people that have, have been inside. So um, I think there is there remains a lot of anxiety about that. And there will be need to be organisations like ourselves that provide that support for many months to come, I think. Do you think that society as a whole is kind of more prone to loneliness these days than for instance when it was when our grandparents were young I mean obviously we've had the pandemic so that's completely changed everything again um but do you think that people are more likely to to experience loneliness than they were say um yeah a few decades ago I think so and I think there are many different reasons for that I think we're using the term loneliness more and recognizing it as a natural human emotion which is really important um I also think that there are lots of things that are very different I think of my grandparents and they used to live opposite their the nephew their cousin their sister the door was always open the working men's club or the pub was the place to go it was it was a very different sort of people didn't move away. And now you think about more dispersed communities, travel is so much easier. I think we all know somebody who doesn't live in their hometown has moved and many, many of us have moved into different cities and different places. We've got changing working practices even more so now with um, looking at sort of remote working. We've got things like, you know, increased use of technology, how we communicate. So I remember being a kid and, and uh, my parents used to get a bit frustrated with me because I'd be at school all day and then I'd sit at the bottom of the stairs on the landline, you know, t- kind of tied to it for another two hours talking to my friends about what I've been talking to them about all day at school, probably. But um, you used to have really sort of meaningful conversations because we had a landline and uh, we didn't text and WhatsApp and we didn't I didn't make quick five minute calls while waiting for a bus or walking around the supermarket. You know, our ways of communicating are quite different. We've also got social media now as well. And also people are living longer. So that has an impact. You have older generations, the NHS provides better health care. Therefore, maybe their peers have passed away. So you've got more people, there's higher levels of people living alone and single households than there ever have been. And that's likely to continue. Um, And also how we maintain relationships. Uh, There's, because we're living longer, there's the sort of, society differences I think in how we have relationships divorce and um, and separation now are, are more common now so yeah I think there's lots of different reasons as to why we would be experiencing it more um, but I'm a firm believer in that actually loneliness is part of what we we have as in, in life and, and I'm not talking about chronic loneliness that has an impact on your health I'm talking about loneliness actually as a warning sign that you need to address your level of social contact and a bit like hunger is a a warning sign that you need to eat and thirst is a warning sign you need to drink actually the emotion of loneliness is actually just telling you actually something's not 
quite right with my relationships and that might be that actually you find that you've got the whole weekend to yourself and you feel this sort of overwhelming sense of loss and loneliness um because actually you, you want to be with people and you want to have a network or that might be loneliness related to not being in a relationship or or sort of situational loneliness when you're on your own on Christmas day so there's, there's different types of loneliness but I do think it's really important that we we have this and we we take this as actually this is a really natural part of, of being human you know we're we're human beings and um you know regardless of your race your sexuality where you're from in the world actually the one thing that we all have in common is we have an, an innate need to connect it's something that has come with us uh, from way back when we have to be we only survive in groups and with people um, we all need different levels of that some of us are introverts and don't need so much and other people are very much extroverts and um, and need a, a lot of sort of contact from people um, but it is something that we we have to have as human beings otherwise it starts to impact on our health and of course, as you said, it can affect anyone, you know, regardless of how much money you have, how you look, you know, how it seems like you're doing from the outside world, all these sort of different things, you know, any all the different things about you. Um, but what advice would you give to anyone who's listening to this at the moment um, and they, they feel like they're struggling, basically they're feeling lonely? Um, do you have any tips in terms of how they can reach out, um, sort of basic things? Absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think the first thing to say is that it is okay. It isn't a pleasant emotion, but it is a very normal one. And it, it's one that we're all likely to experience. Uh, there are certain times like key life indicators, whether that's getting divorced, being bereaved during a pandemic, uh, a breakdown of relationship, when being a new parent, and times like that when you're more likely to experience it. But first of all, it, it is an it isn't a pleasant emotion, but it is okay to feel loneliness. And once you recognise that that feeling, um, then there's several things that you can do. Um, the first thing is think about what you need as an individual. What, Where is your loneliness coming from? Is it from lack of a partner, from that one individual contact that you have contact with? Is it from a group of people, a network? Is that because you're not connected you know, with, with church or gigs or sports or you haven't got that feeling of, of meaning and purpose from having a group of people around you? So identify what it is that is missing and then figure out what it is that you actually need to have. And that comes back a little bit to being an introvert or being an extrovert. We're all very, very different, as I said. So um, what what's the bit that's missing for you? Is it certain times of the day? Um, is it types of people? Are there relationships that you're in that are making you feel more lonely? And if so, do, does that need addressing? So this, this very much comes from a, a personal point of view. And then the next thing to say is it's about taking appropriate action, really. It's about thinking now that you know that you're experiencing loneliness, what can you do about it? We've had quite a few people on from mental health charities um, warning that there could be basically a, a real crisis in terms of mental health stuff following the pandemic. Do you feel that there's going to be a real demand for your services following the pandemic it seems obvious to me that there might be because it's been such a difficult time but tell us about that yeah I think there will be I think um 
that's twofold. I think that's going to be from people who have been more isolated and find it difficult to come back out into society. So maybe, as we talked about, you know, people that have been shielding, um, maybe older people, even simple things such as losing your sort of exercise tolerance and your stamina. You know, if you're in your 90s and you're used to walking quarter of a mile to a local shop, but you haven't done that for 18 months, that's actually going to be quite hard on your body and physically. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be challenging for um, for perhaps more vulnerable groups of society. I think for for the rest of us, I think this is uh, it's something that is we're going to see more of. But we also have this opportunity here, and probably an opportunity not to link loneliness with a mental health issue because it can cause mental health issues. But actually, you know, loneliness by its definition is actually just a mismatch between the social contact you have and what you need. So if we view loneliness like that, um, that this is something that we we have the the skills within ourselves, and then we have organizations like us obviously who are able to help those who are digitally excluded or or maybe because their health and well-being has impacted they need just a little bit more support to address loneliness what are your thoughts on because we sort of talked a bit about technology and how that's changed but what are your thoughts on how technology can help people feel less alone things like sort of zoom get-togethers um, and social media sort of forums and and chats yeah, I think with technology, I think it's it comes back to how it makes you feel, really. And you know, we say that about sort of you know scrolling through Facebook. If if you spend an hour scrolling through Facebook and you feel more connected, um, you, we have older people who we've managed to you know, get technology for and support them into that, and they can actually see pictures of their grandchildren, you know, from other parts of the world, and that makes them feel connected. They know what's going on, and and so that gives them sort of a sense of purpose and meaning and value. If, however, you're you know scrolling through Facebook or you're on forums and groups and things that are making you feel disconnected, particularly if you're feeling like you're missing out, you know that FOMO, then uh, then that's actually something that maybe you need to address the time that you're you're thinking about that. We've all had to move into this sort of remote world. I know and have had lots of conversations with people that are feeling this sort of Zoom fatigue of uh, hours on the screen and um, be mindful really of, of how much that does take from you in a day. It can feel quite challenging, but there are so many ways to communicate now. And actually the positive thing around technology is that you don't have to have tied down conversations on the landline you know the good side of that is that you can just send an emoji to your friend saying you know I'm thinking about you or a gif or you know something that just uh, t- touches in with people and we've had we've had people that have said to us that um, you know they just send an emoji every day to their, their single new parent friend just to let them know that they're there and and those things can be um, really valuable and, and help you feel more connected so I think it's just about thinking what's useful to you, sort of reviewing your own everyday relationships and the way that you use technology. Uh, is it helping or is it hindering? Is it exhausting you by the end of the day or, or not? So lots and lots of tips about, uh, there's lots of tips on our website. So you can have a look at uh, marmaladetrust.org and we've got lots of resources on there. I think some of the general tips would be at the moment, think about your community, building your daily connections. So 
um, looking at the kind of weak ties that you have, going to local supermarkets, um, putting your bins out when your neighbours are putting your bins out so that you can say hello to them. Who's in your neighbourhood, in your community? Can you have a street party? Can you do things to um, you know, drop some mince pies off it when it comes near Christmas to, to people who are maybe living on their own? Um, thinking about moving out into this sort of new normal, um, take your time, just you know, one step at a time. Don't measure yourself and success on what others are doing. Think about uh, what's important to you, what social connections that, that you need and what's making you feel happy. Remember that things like eye contact, face-to-face -face contact, it actually releases a, a nice happy hormone that, that makes us feel more connected. So if you have been using technology, particularly sort of Zoom and things to connect with people, if you're able to, if you're not clinically vulnerable and you're not shielding anymore, then actually going out for socially distanced walks, actually um, seeing people, um, not necessarily hugging people or touching them, but actually just being in the outside um, and being socially distanced um, can have a really positive impact on, on your, your mental health and well-being as well. Um, talked about it a little bit as well, but thinking about um, the language that we use around loneliness really really important that we just we keep the conversation about loneliness being a natural and normal human emotion so really trying to avoid using words like you know suffering and admit it I feel lonely and all of those negative connotations that just add to that sense that loneliness is is something that is really really negative and should be frowned upon and probably the last thing is is to think about time on your own because we perhaps have got a bit of a culture where we view time on our own as being a bad thing solitude even from when we're a kid is, is something that's given as punishment and actually time on your own with yourself learn to enjoy that give, you give yourself nice comforts when you're on your own and view solitude in more of a positive way if you can thanks amy that's brilliant i've got loads of tips now <laughs> i'm gonna listen back to that goodbye from mentally yours so go away enjoy your day get on with all your chores from mentally 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 yours mentally yours mentally If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated. Uh, helps us, you know continue doing what we're doing so please do rate and review and check back in next week for more mentally yours imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.